1: Hello everyone, and good morning, and um, welcome to Gap to Gap Radio, where we are going to be talking softball today. And so, of course, today is going to be a continuation of getting back on the field. And uh, we've got Ron Ray, and we'll have some other guests here. I've got Mark McLean from West Virginia is already logged or signed in, so we're going to get to them here in a few minutes. Got a couple things. This is a weekly Thursday show. Uh, where Ron and I get together, and we're going to be talking uh, the world of softball. Hopefully, some point, we're going to talk about things other than COVID-19 and talk about a lot of stuff uh, going on with softball. But right now, it's, uh, of course, the topic on everybody's mind, and we still got a lot of things going and some exciting stuff going on. If you are listening live, you can call in at 516-666-9488. Uh, 516-666-9488 and if you are calling in live we're going to have probably three four or five people calling in today just hang out and I'll get to you as quickly as possible and what I'm doing is uh, I'll kind of get to your number your first uh, uh, area code and your prefix so you know the number that I'm referring to so uh, so call in if you feel what you want to make any comments any questions and honestly if you want to talk about something else that will be perfectly fine If you don't want to call in, you would prefer to text Ron or I, or Ron or myself. You can text Ron at 502-541-0103, or you can text me at 502-262-9195. All this information is on the description in the Blog Talk uh, site. So if you're listening live, you've got some access to that site, uh, so you can get that information there. Also, to make it easy on you, you can contact me through the Gap to Gap Radio Facebook page if you want to send me a message there. I get some people that message me there and or uh, something new on the Blog Talk site. There is a chat uh, window, and I believe it should be uh, visible to you that where you could ch- uh, send me a message through the chat. I don't know, honestly, where it is on your screen but, uh, but if you see it, if you want to send me a message, I'll be looking at that. So with that said, again, all this information is on the screen, and I'm going to have to read these disclaimers just so that uh, everybody understands where we're coming from. Uh, all opinions, we're expressing a lot of opinions on this show. A lot of people will call in, but all opinions expressed on this show will be the property, property of that individual expressing the opinion. And may or may not be the opinion of the National Fast Pitch Academy, Gap to Gap Radio, uh, myself, Future Stars of Sports, or Ron Ray. Also, since we are talking about a virus, uh, we're not m- medically trained or doctors, and any of our opinions on the impact of COVID-19 or any medical advice is just an opinion that we might be giving, and is not an intended for medical advice. So. With that said, we're going to go ahead and get Ron on here. He's got some new stuff. Ron, how's it going today?
2: Pretty good, Holly. Uh, been crazy the whole, <laughs> whole last three or four weeks. As, as I've stated numerous times on this program, it uh, is a revolving door. It changes day to day. It seems minute to minute. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, I, I probably need to apologize to some of the listeners that they've reached out to me and have tried to inter-tournaments and things, I'm behind, I'm trying to catch up, but uh, I'm I'm sinking. <laughs> it's, it's just uh-huh. crazy. Everything has changed. People are scrambling to redo their schedules, and right now I'm very limited with space over in southern Indiana because Kentucky's not running. I will say that I have made the decision to try to run some events July 4th weekend in Kentucky. I do have uh, events in Indiana, But we're going to try to open up in Kentucky limited with uh, the way things are set up, but I think we can do it. Uh, Some of the ways, and and there's been questions, and I'm bouncing here, but it kind of ties into the Kentucky situation as well. Indiana, people are still under the impression, and the rumor got out that we couldn't play in Indiana. June 19th and 26th and I've reached out to some people and what it is is legally you can't have a tournament you can have games so I'm offering kind of a fan friendly type format to where you're doing round robins you come in you get two games on Saturday you go home you come in you get two games on Sunday you go home we're not allowed to give trophy packages and I will give out my trophy packages. I'll just have to do it a different way. They're they're requiring that because they don't want you handling things and passing things back and forth. So, you know, I will have to ship them to the winning team or meet them off site or something of that nature. But, you know, we intend to move forward. It's just going to look different. It's going to be different uh, I have preached cooperation for a month now, and I think most people just want to get on the field and play, and regardless how it looks, I think they're going to be pleased. And And we're we're not going to change a lot of things. We're, the format may change a little bit. Uh, we're going to do game changer for our scoring system, which most teams have gone to cha- uh, game changer for a few years now. We're really behind in that. We still do the scorebook, which a lot of teams get – Uh, would prefer not to but you know I've got a lot of old directors that are not computer savvy so it's it's been a convenient thing with us but we're changing with the times and it's something moving forward that I think we will benefit from and and we'll use in the future not just during this but this will be one of those things that we've added and included to get through these times that in the long run will come out and the program will be better for
1: Yeah, that's uh, what I'm really want to. I'm really uh, excited about, and I do want to try if we get a chance talk about that a little bit. I've got some notes that I want to get to that point. Before we get there, I know we got Mark McLean online, and uh, we're going to get to him because I know you have some exciting things going over uh, through the in that area. But I've got two callers that looks like I don't know if I have their phone number. This one number looks like it is a. Lexington, that might have been from last week, but let me double check and see if they've got any questions or if they're just calling to listen. So the first one is an 859-937 number. So, uh, caller, are you there? Uh, Yeah, this is Jason from last
3: week. Right now I'm just listening where I'm on the road, but if you've got any questions, comments, or anything directed towards me, I'll be more than happy to chime in when I can.
1: Perfect, perfect. Where are you heading to?
3: I'm just up here in Lexington right now. I'm living in Richmond, but I had to do some running around.
1: Okay. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and put you on um, on mute, but I'll get back to you here soon. Thanks for calling in. Okay. And I think this is somebody, uh, 502-797. I think is that uh, George? Yeah. George, yes, how are you, do yes, you doing today? How about
4: y'all?
1: Doing good. Yeah. Good. Like all of us, yes. looking forward to getting on the field so we can stop talking about this stuff and play.
3: Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs>
1: Two weeks to go okay. away. So. Yeah. So if you got uh, do you have anything right now? If not, I'm going to try to keep everybody no, on mute as well. just put me on
4: hold right now.
1: Okay. Okay. Sounds good. Thank you all right so that's our callers at this point point. and again if you do call in just give us a little bit of time to get to you and we'll get there so um so ron let me ask you a couple of things you talked about uh you skipped around a little bit as you as you uh noted which is perfectly fine of course um you said you're going to try uh to get the tournament in july uh in kentucky i guess what uh so explain that a little bit more what you're going to what the um, what the thoughts are there what's the what's the hold up what is the barriers uh why is it not just go full fled, you know go at it
2: Well one one thing I mean they're they're asking us not to play before June the 29th so naturally that puts us on on the first weekend beyond June 29th is July 4th mm-hmm. and Restricted with crowds, also suggestions of social distancing and things of that nature, which we understand. Mm -hmm. And I just think that we can do things, formulate the games to where, and I'm going to give you one thing that we're doing in Indiana here in a couple weeks. I'm going to set up in pools to where you might have four teams in this pool. They play – two games on one field, two other teams in the same age are playing on another field. So one of those teams stay on the field they're playing at, and an opponent from the other field comes over to play the other opponent on the other field to where you're playing back-to-back games. So you play at 9 o'clock in the morning, for example. Then you have a 10-30 game, and there's four teams involved. Well, after those four teams play those two games, they're done, so they can leave. So that empties the park to allow someone else to come in, and it keeps your crowd down. That's one way we're getting around it. Uh, Another is we are asking and pleading with cooperation, as I've stated numerous times, that we need parents to social distance, bring their own chairs. We are going to block the bleachers off. Kentucky, from my understanding, is July 1 goes to 50 or less in a social distance, or not social distance, but uh, allowing 50 or less crowd. Right,
1: right, yeah.
2: Well, I may be reading that wrong, but in my opinion is if we have our own, you know, teams bring these little pop-up canopies, tents, whatever you want to call them, and if they have eight or ten under that canopy – and then you spread out 10 foot and you have another eight or 10, you're not in a 50 social gathering. You're in a 10, you're in 10 or less and you're on a 40 or 50 acre complex. So this could easily be done to where you still have social distancing. You're able to watch your kids play, but you know, we have to monitor this. We have to have participation. And I I think, talking to coaches and everybody, I think we're going to get that. And I I just think it's doable, and I'm going to try to do it July 4th and 5th in in Kentucky, and uh, hopefully we have no issues. And then the following weekend, the 11th and 12th, we might do it a different way. But moving forward and week to week, as we've stated many times, there may be changes week to week. We might see something that we could have done better differently, and move forward and make those changes. But I fully am prepared to move forward and play July 4th in Kentucky. Right now, I only have two parks because there are parks that have closed the entire year, which a lot of directors are facing that problem. But uh, Beachmont in Louisville, and nicholasville five field complex memorial sports complex on highway 127 in nicholasville both are saying yes let's go let's let's do this we'll get around you know we'll do do what we have to do to follow guidelines but let's get playing so that's the plan that's what we are planning on doing as well as i've added number a number of weekends in Lanesville that we are starting june the 19th and you know, we're we're hoping to move forward. We're still waiting word on Johnson City, Tennessee, for the World Series, but I'm hearing that they will be opening up by the end of June, but have not got confirmation on that yet.
1: Yeah. So um, uh, we do have another caller. I want to get to the caller here real uh, real quick. So I guess to clarify what you're saying, try is basically you're just gonna you're not worried about. The state saying that you can't do it You're just worried about Is it going to work Is all of this stuff going to come together And and work out okay Worried
2: Uh, I have concerns I'd be lying to say I don't have concerns But based on What they put out They put out were suggestions It's not uh, a written law It's suggestions, and I'm going to follow their suggestions to the best that we can and still play games. And, you know, I I don't expect there to be any issues. I don't expect as long as we can do the social distancing for anyone to come in and say, hey, you know, you've got to shut this operation down. But concerns, yes, I do have concerns. I I would be lying Uh to say that at the same time some of those same concerns I'd say every parent has and on top of that I think every parent also has to realize that if they're playing that they're taking a risk and uh, you know hopefully we can keep the park in in a situation that those risks are lowered and I think also I'm I'm going to backtrack a little bit I, I think I said this last week my real feeling is that we're, we're going to get a real feeling of where we are here around June 14th, 15th weekend. After uh-huh. Memorial Weekend, we had pretty much gone back. A lot of us went back to normalcy, and you would go out and see at a restaurant, a bar, a Lowe's, whatever, and people had pretty much resumed their lives. Uh-huh. Well, if we if we don't get a spike here in the next couple of weeks, and I'm I'm saying June 14th, 15th, that's going to put you about 20 days past Memorial Weekend. If we don't see a real spike, then I I think you know we've got to move forward. We we need to get get ourselves out from under the covers and say, hey, you know we can't hide from this forever. And again, I'm not letting my guard down in saying that, but I, I do believe we'll get a gauge on where we are here in in Kentucky, in states surrounding us, as mo most states have opened up before us. And I, I think our governor and I I think maybe, you know, it's smart in what he's done. We're we're about two weeks behind the other states and I think he's watching the other states to see if they get that spike. And then if they don't get the spike, he's going to open up a little more here. And I say that for a couple of different reasons. One, I am an assistant AD at a high school, and I've been on some conference calls. And that's the Mr. Tackett, head of uh, KHSAA, that has been in contact with the governor. That's his feeling is that on a wait, we keep going two two weeks increments in, in high school And I think that's what the governor is doing is he's watching the other states that opened before us to see if there's there's spikes and then he's following that lead. And I think that's smart.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, Yeah. So so I think, yeah, that's going to be really, really interesting. As you said, like uh, driving around, like uh, people are going to restaurant. It is really interesting is that it does look like a lot of people, it's almost like we are back to normal. And so if we do, exist this way for a couple of weeks and there's not a major spike, I would say I think what you're saying is then that would give a better opportunity to move forward. If we get a big spike, they may completely shut everything down. I mean, I don't think that's going to happen, but they're going to slow things down probably.
2: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't expect it to happen either. But at, at the right. same time, you know, the governor may not have to tell me. I mean, if we get a big spike and I don't feel it's safe, Right, and I'm. I'm probably going to back up myself. Uh-huh. We, we've got to be smart about. It. Right. At, at the same time, if people want to play, and I think they have that right to play, and you know, I want to give them the opportunity. At the same time, I have to be safe and have to be smart moving forward.
4: Uh-huh. We we
2: will have parents to have to sign rosters that are release forms. Again, I think parents, coaches, and all realize that, you know, this is out there. They're taking a chance, and they have to assume some of the responsibility. But I do believe people are ready to play. They want to get back on the field. They've lost the high school season. Mm -hmm. They've lost middle school season. We've lost half of our – Our season that we we participate in, our travel ball season, we've lost half of it. Uh, Most of your rec leagues have shut down. And Mm. people are just chomping at the bit to get back out here and have some normalcy.
1: Right, right. So we do have a caller. It's a 502-348 number, 502-348. Go ahead, caller. Uh, Caller, are you there?
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Ron, this is Scott Moore. We talked earlier uh, regarding this. And, of course, uh, you and I go way back as far as travel ball goes. Uh, let, let's say you're able to get everything off the ground. Uh, what challenges do you think you'll face from teams that may – I know you, you said you're going to make some uh, have to make some changes as far as where the ump is positioned, uh, lead offs, things like that. Do you anticipate some teams maybe coming to the first tournament, seeing these formats and maybe opting out afterwards uh, or do you think they'll they'll just be happy to get back out on the field and play
2: holly this uh this is scott moore he He used to play in a lot of tournaments that I had his kids have aged out now, but Scott is with uh, some of your local newspapers and had called me earlier this morning asking my opinion about some of these things, and I, I told him we were doing this show and it invited him on. But Scott, uh, everyone will know prior to me putting a schedule together what my intent is moving forward. Some of these rules have already been implemented in other states, and some of these teams have already traveled to other states just so they could play. Right now, the feeling I'm getting from the coaches I talk to, and trust me, it's 24 seven right now. I can't uh, stay off the phone. I can't stay caught up on emails and text. But the feeling I'm getting from coaches is as long as we don't change the game drastically, they just want to play. They they yeah. want on the field. and I'm not going to change the game drastically. Fast pitch outside of the umpire moving back behind the mound, to call it from back there, that will be the only change in fast pitch, except for some conferences. We're we're not going to allow – if a coach comes to the pitch and mound, we're not going to have the infield come in for a conference. Uh, They're going to have to figure out a different way to communicate. But social distancing, we're not going to allow that. But the game itself, for the most part, is not going to change. In baseball, you referred to leadoffs. We are probably not going to allow leadoffs. They're already doing that in Missouri. I've had teams that have played there, and they said, hey, you know, it was fair for both teams. We were just happy to be playing. Those kind of things aren't big deals. Uh, I don't believe those are the challenges that we're facing. the The biggest challenge that we will face is we need cooperation from parents not to come out and get 50 in the bleachers which we're going to mark off our bleachers and ask that you don't even sit in the bleachers we're asking parents to bring their own chairs to spread out social distance we will social distance allowing additional space in the dugouts meaning that there will be a specific space outside of the dugout to where it gives you more room for those 10, 11 kids when they're batting, that they're not on top of each other. And in that, we're going to you know, have coaches that have to help monitor that or a team mom or somebody. But we, we've got to do things to keep the social distancing. Those are our biggest obstacles. I, I don't think playing rules on the field – that we're going to adjust them too much. And the ones that we do adjust, the coaches will know before they even get to the park that we're doing this. And if they opt out, they should, you know, be able to opt out before we even get a schedule set.
1: Right. Yeah. So that, what is the, I guess the baseball thing, I guess, because um, getting a lead separates you probably about six feet at least. Um so what is the uh, um thinking there I guess that means the first baseman wouldn't be holding the runner on I guess at first right
2: That's correct the first fir- first baseman will not be holding the runner therefore there's no leading off at the same time as soon as that pitcher goes into a windup and and I would think most most of them will be in a windup because there's no reason in ho- you know being in a stretch you're not holding the runner right. as soon as he starts home you're you're free to break so you you can still get a decent jump on the pitcher. You're just losing that three or four steps. But at the same time, you know, it, it's six one day one way, half a dozen yeah. the
1: other. Yeah. Yeah. He's
2: not going to throw over there. So so you know as soon as he makes a movement, boom, you're gone. So I, mm-hmm. I think you make up that couple of steps and, and again, what's fair for this team's fair for the other team. So it, it might eliminate some stealing a little bit. But bottom line is it still gets these kids back on the field. They're playing. They're playing a game they love. Mom and dad participates and and cooperates with the social distancing. We can continue and move forward. Mom and dad can enjoy watching little Johnny, little Susie play sports that they love. And, you know, we all know that this is a part of our lives that some of our best memories are on the ball field, whether as a player or as a parent. And I I think anybody involved in this would say the same thing, and we have to do what we need to do as far as the guidelines that has been set in front of us and make the best of them so we can participate.
1: Uh, So I have one other question. Uh, It seems to me that on the field the opportunity for the virus to go from one athlete to another is pretty limited again, especially with the conferences being limited the umpire behind the plate and stuff like that obviously when there's a play at a base or a plate or something like that there's there's contact there but the i don't know if i've heard you yet today or i can't remember what you're going to do the biggest contact is going to be a dugout so if you've got softball players 12 players and a you know some of these dugouts are very very small and how is that? how are you going to rotate that? And that's a question and stuff. But I don't want to jump in in middle between uh, – Scott, do you have any other questions here? I'm sorry to jump well, in well, the no, middle I, there. And
0: I think, I, think, I think that's actually a good point. I was going to ask that. I, I will go back, Ron, and say on the, on the stealing rule, I think maybe, especially at the 12 and under level, that that rule may actually be a good rule because, as you and I both know, that at that level, with the exception of a few catchers, and pitchers that can hold runners on and throw guys out, at the 12 and under level that are taking leadoffs and stealing, a walk becomes a triple, at least a double in so many cases. So I think that may actually – some of these coaches may see that and say, you know what, this is probably the way (laughs) we need to play. Because the bases are are so close, it really really neutralizes a catcher in uh, in those situations. So Mm -hmm. this may actually be something they need to take a look at going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Ron, about the dugouts, have you? What are you all do What are you doing well, about here,
2: that? We are, as I, I stated a minute ago, we, we're going to give some additional space outside. Uh, you know, and it may be police tape or whatever you call it—the yellow plastic stuff—and we add to the dugout. And this area is for the team only, and we're asking that you know. Little Johnny's little brother's not in the dugout this year. Where in the past, you know, we've had coaches do that. So we're we're adding more space for that. We're limiting the number of actual kids and coaches in the dugout. And after each game, the teams are going to be asked to pick up all their garbage, which they should do anyway, but they don't. We all know that. But they they should pick up all of their garbage that they have touched, throw it throw it away, and we're asking them to wipe the dugout, the bench, and the batting uh, you know where you, you hang your bats and things of that nature. All that's going to be sprayed off and, and wiped down as you leave. We're we're building 15 minutes in between games, just to clean those dugouts before a new team comes in. Now, we're asking teams to do that. On top of that, I will have additional staff on the grounds, and that's going to be their responsibility. They're going to come in behind that team, and we will spray down Lysol or whatever. We'll have some kind of a product cleaning. We will clean that area quickly before the other team's allowed to come in. Again, we're building 15 minutes in between every game to allow for these cleanings. So we're, we're putting in – Things to try to make it safe, and we are adding staff to make sure of that, but we're also asking that the team that leaves that dugout leaves it as clean as possible,
1: yeah, um one of my clients that I uh, do lessons with they were talking about I think someplace they're going to go play a tournament, they're saying you can't have more than a like six in a dugout or something like that, but of course that depends on the size of the dugout, I guess
3: right.
2: Well, and I, yeah. I've seen I've seen numbers as low as three, and I've yeah. seen where they were wanting to uh, use the bleachers, which I said, you know, I don't want parents sitting in. They were going to block off places with the bleachers. Well, that may work at some parks, but a lot uh-huh. of parks are the bleachers. You come out of one end of the dugout, you have to walk 50 foot over here, and then – you know, if you've if you got younger kids that's not paying attention, then the coach is constantly having to look for who who's on deck and, and that kind of stuff. So I'm wanting to block off and, and have a space right outside the dugout down the fence line, on the outside of the fence, of course, but create additional space that would be considered the dugout players area. And I, I think it's doable. I mean it's uh what I what I have in mind and what I vision I may not be explaining very well, but what I have in mind and what uh I intend to do, I think it's workable.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, Scott, anything else? No, I was just listening now. <laughs> okay. Well what I'll do, Scott, to keep down the noise, I'll go ahead and put you on mute, but I'll unmute you here and some others here. Uh, every so often, as we go along, I think Ron wants to get to. Uh, do you want to get to the West Virginia story, Ron?
2: Yeah, so let's let's, uh, let's get Mark on. I think Mark's already on it. Maybe uh, yeah, I know he Mark's was there. live before we started. So let, let's bring yeah. Mark on and discuss what we've got going on. I'm excited about some of the things Mark and I have. Uh, we were on a conference call yesterday with a college coach for about an hour and a half. We're putting some things into place, and uh, then this morning. He, Mark, uh, texted me and said, hey, can you talk at 10 o'clock? And I said, yes. Well, unfortunately, I got a phone call at 9.57 uh-huh. uh, from my assigning umpire, and I feel like I, I had to take that. But we ended up on the uh, another conference call with this college coach, and we've got a lot of things moving forward that we are both very excited about. And uh, I'll let Mark uh, share some of that information with you. Go ahead, Mark.
0: Okay, Uh,
4: so in West Virginia, um, I guess they're trying to move forward. Uh, We just turned in our insurance papers, so we should get a pool on field pretty quick here. Once we do, Ron can get out dates that we'll definitely host some tournaments there for everyone. Uh, As far as um, the dugouts go, I can answer that for me. I'm probably going to work on extending the dugouts with with canopies. Um, I think that was a great idea. And I just think if if the girls have some place they can stand and and be close enough together where they can still cheer and do whatever they do, it it would help out in that aspect. Um, But everything else I'm following, all of Ron's guidelines, cleaning up, giving them 15 minutes in between each thing, each game, and uh, making sure it's clean and it's safe, as, as safe as you can get it. Like Ron said, I mean, everyone's making a choice to play or not. And, you know, I'm fine either way. Uh, so that's West Virginia. So soon, so, I think sooner than later, we'll be going hopefully this month. We'll get going. We're um, shooting for, I believe, the weekend of the 20th is what I'm shooting for, getting something going, some playing. In it. No, Ron's on the 20th. So it'll be the following weekend. <clears throat> the 26th
2: is what, is what we're shooting for. Yes, we're we're starting June the 19th in Indiana. Uh, We're looking at possibly June 26th in West Virginia. Uh, Ironically, Mark, I got an email or a text uh, from a West Virginia coach that's going to our World Series today that uh, just stated, and this happened right before we came on air, that uh, I'm trying to look back now. June 22nd, they can start playing games in West Virginia. This coach is a a high school coach. Yes. Uh, So the following weekend, the 26th weekend, is when we can actually start playing there, which is kind of what they've done here. Uh, The date that they gave out was June 29th for Kentucky. And, of course, that's on a Monday. So that's why I'm saying July the 4th we're going to try to get going but uh we're we're all good. Uh, and and I'm very excited about what Mark's putting together up there. And and I apologize for interrupting, but I did get that text and wanted to re- relay that to you. But uh, you go ahead, Mark.
4: Okay. I mean and then we I mean like we was saying we've been speaking with some college coaches and we've got some I mean some good things going uh North Carolina. Uh we've got some Places there that I guess we're going to have to go check out. They're interested in in bringing future stars of sports there. North Georgia and South Carolina, all three. There's parks there that can possibly be locations for us to build uh, for the future. And this summer, I mean, depending on how Kentucky goes and opens up. I mean, if it's not open and people are willing to drive, we're going to be able to provide places for you guys to play.
2: Um, pretty much, that's it for me. I just was really wanting to listen today. And, and I, I've been in contact with the fellow that uh, Mark's dealing with. Uh, he called me. We Naturally, we've got to get insurance for facilities that we use, so I've been in contact with them. They apparently have two five-field complexes, and I may have this wrong, uh, but, but they have ten fields. they're five five minutes apart, so it it would be a great get for us to get in there. And, again, a part of the positive of us moving forward in a negative situation, we are reaching out to West Virginia. Again, I mentioned we've been in this conversation with this college coach, which, Holly, as you're aware, I know you are, we're doing more and more college showcases for the older kids. Well, this college coach is now going to come on and be a director for us. So he's working on sites in North Carolina. Mark, correct me on any of this if I misspeak. But North Carolina, I think potentially South Carolina. This morning he called excited that uh, he's got a five-field complex, that uh, one of the fields is a turf field that – a college in northern Georgia uses. But we're we're talking about doing these I'm gonna call it reviving, moving, whatever you want to say. But we're we're wanting to create a showcase program within the future stars of sports program that we'll have a showcase, say Lanesville, Indiana, which I say that because we're having one June June the nineteenth, that is now This is our third or fourth year doing this at uh, Lanesville. But we'll have one in Lanesville, Indiana one week. We may not go back-to-back. Sometimes we will. But at least every other week, we're going to have a college showcase somewhere. And they'll be regional. So it'll be give you the opportunity to maybe play in Lanesville this weekend in front of 9, 10, 12 college coaches. And those college coaches, I promise, will be there because we're paying them to be there. And not only are we paying them to be there, they will be interacting with the kids. I don't want it to be one of these where you pay you know, X amount of dollars and you show up, you're excited to be there, and you come home and you're like, I never seen a college coach. It won't be that. Uh, The camps that I put on, you're interacting with the coaches, they're participating in the skill set. And we're going to do these regional, (coughs) excuse me. But we're going to do those regionally, and this coach coaches at Guilford uh, College down in North Carolina, and he's coming on board as a director, not not just being a part of the program, but he will also be attending and bringing college coaches with him to these camps that we're doing. I've got three or four set for Nicholasville. Hopefully we get to do them. We've already had to cancel one because of the covid But we're wanting to do these to where every other weekend you can play in a Future Stars of Sports event that will have a dozen college coaches or more. And with this fellow coming on, Robbie Lamb, Coach of Guilford, committing to us in the last two days and not only committing to us, he has jumped on the phone and has started locking up parks. And it's something that we're very excited about. 2021 will really blow this up. Uh, again, we had—I think I had nine—nine nine of these events scheduled for this year. Unfortunately, the situation we're in now. Not sure how many of them will happen, but you know, our first one is June 19th in Lanesville. Uh, we currently, I think, have nine college coaches committed to that. We had more, a few of them, with the situation we're in, have backed out. Plus, like Moorhead State coach, uh, she was committed and they've changed their deadline now. Uh, they're, they're in a dead period, was extended again. It, it it was extended first till the end of June. They've now extended it till the end of July. So she has uh, Samantha Jones up there at Moorhead State. As, you know, informed me that, hey, I can't, do any for you until august but let me know follow up with me keep in touch so we, we've lost a handful of coaches that were involved because of what we're dealing with and i've had you know even a couple of naia coaches that just said hey i don't feel comfortable yet getting out i understand that i respect it but what i'm saying is we are in a movement here that a lot of good things, even though in a bad situation, a lot of good things are happening. And the program is getting ready to take off. We're going into new areas. We've got new people involved. And some of it happened because of the situation we're in. So I'm one that my cup's half full. Rarely do you see Ron Ray in the dumps. Sometimes my wife gets frustrated because I don't have the same feelings that, you know, I just let stuff roll off my shoulders and move on but uh you know i'm excited about the movement going forward and uh mark mark can probably give you some more insight on that but we we have spent uh, a couple hours like say an hour and a half on the phone yesterday with this college coach and again this morning and uh got a lot of plans a lot of excitement and you know we're, we're looking forward to the future of course we've got to get through these tough times but when we come out of this you know, I'm looking forward to brighter days. Mark, do you have anything to add to that?
4: No, I think you said it all. Uh,
2: just the format. Once
4: once we're able to get going, the format for the showcases is going to be it's going to be separate from any other thing you've been to. Just more hands-on. Um, I'm from the West. I'm from from Vegas, so like the California and the, and the Nevada showcases, they're more hands-on. Coaches are more in your face. they're actually doing recruiting. And we're going to get a good group. We're not going to bring any coaches that are not going to really waste your time as parents and players. They're going to interact with you. If you need any, any assistance as far as getting recruited, I know that Robbie Lamb will help anyone. Myself will help anyone. Uh, you know, just uh, a quick start to make it really quick. Robbie Lamb, who coaches at Guilford, they're D3 in uh, North Carolina, like Ron said, he was actually recruiting my daughter at a tournament. Well, two tournaments later, he walks up to me, and he told me to come down. So we went down, and we were playing, and he walks to me and goes, I'm not going to get your daughter. And I'm like, why is that? He goes, well, I had the guy from Niagara walk over, and he's going to make her a deal that you guys can't turn down. And truth be told, he made us a deal. We couldn't turn down. So she's going to Niagara this year. I mean, 90% of her college is paid for from softball, and I got to thank Robbie Lamb like 100% on that because – had he not said anything and shared his information, then it wouldn't have happened. And, and off that team that my daughter was playing on, I coached it. Uh Of my 11 girls, eight times anywhere from Juco to Division One. So, I mean, it, it's a good the, – the, the smaller, more comfortable showcases, in my opinion, is a better route to take as far as if you really want your girl recruited.
2: Well, and I'll back that up as well. I met Robbie Lamb about three years ago. He came to our World Series in Johnson City, Tennessee, and I sat at a picnic table and had a long conversation with him. He is genuine. He is one that's in the game for the kids. And he is one, as Mark said, he will help kids that aren't even going to be going to his school. And and I will take a step back. I'll I'll say – Art Williams at Spalding is very involved in a lot of our showcases. He's the same type of coach. David Dews down at Lindsey Wilson is one that will bend over and help these kids even if they're not going to his program. We got Patty Buka up at Oakland City University that is on board that uh, is very involved. We are getting coaches that we feel comfortable with that are good at interacting with the kids and it's not just coming in to make a few dollars off of us. They're coming in with the idea that, Hey, I'm, I'm here to be with the kids, help them in any way I can. And and that's the, that's the coaches we want. We, We don't want a coach that's just looking to make a few hundred dollars on a weekend. We're, we're wanting that coach that, uh, you know, a lot of these coaches would probably do it if I didn't offer money. I mean, that that's the type of people we're dealing with. But I feel that if I pay them to be there, then I can say 100% sure that, hey, we've got this coach and this coach. We've got someone, uh, you know, a representative from this school. And I, I want to make it legit to where I've had too many teams that have come to one of my tournaments and said, man, we, we did this last weekend and we paid this and – and you know we paid x amount of dollars and it was a you know a high dollar figure and we didn't see anybody and i don't want those and plus if you will look the ones we're putting on are probably half the cost of these others that's not even producing what they're saying they're doing so we're we're wanting it to be a win-win and i'm i'm really really excited about where we're moving And hoping to do the same thing in baseball. We're not there yet. I've had a different conversation with uh, some baseball people. We're moving that direction for baseball as well.
1: Yeah, so those that are listening and uh, are not familiar with Future Stars of Sports, you can find, like, all of these showcases, these tournaments, these camps, you can find that information on futurestarsofsports.com. And uh, that information is also uh, available on – Uh, the description here on the shows and National Fast Pitch Academy on my website as well. So uh, check that out because all the information will be there as they develop it, I assume.
2: Yes. So So, more information we get, we'll start getting that out. No question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you can uh, contact Ron. Go ahead. Go ahead, Ron.
2: Uh, I I was also going to add that uh, what we are in discussion with, we're going to try to create, and I, we don't have a name for it yet, but it's al- almost going to be like an all-star event to where, as these kids come and play in these showcase events that we're doing, we're going to get nominations. Not a hundred percent sure how we're going to go about doing it, but kids will get an opportunity for a special invite where they come in at the season end and it might be the top 48 kids that have attended these camps they'll get an invite where they come in they're put on an all-star team they play a weekend a series of games go through some skill sets and college coaches that weekend will actually coach the team they're on so we're we're looking at other ways to create this and make it special And, naturally, if, you know, you're one of those 48 kids, you've caught one of these coaches' attention. You've got somebody's attention or you wouldn't be invited. So that's another thing or another thought process for these coaches to hopefully want to play in this. Again, it's going to be real. It's going to be something that gets kids an opportunity to be seen. It's going to get kids an opportunity to play college ball and we want it to be legit, it's going to be legit. Go ahead, Hollis.
1: Okay, yeah, sounds good. Uh, So I guess, Mark, anything else on the West Virginia? I've got a question. I'm going to uh, approach all of the listeners here whenever, uh, unless you've got something else you want to add.
4: No, I'm good. Thank you.
1: Okay. So, I guess what I want to do is kind of shift gears a little bit and we'll kind of come back to this, but we talk about all the time about the changes that we're doing on the field, off the field, in and out and things like that. And I know Ron and I talked a little bit yesterday about uh, some, you know, we're doing uh, some pool play, that type of thing. I guess I'm going to pose this to all of the listeners and I will, uh, what do you think possibly will come from this that may last past the pandemic? anything that we do, are we going to be more uh, conscious of germs, for example, or viruses and things, or are we going to do more pool play, or is it going to be at some point, we're just going to go back to where we were uh, before, so I guess what we'll do is, let's go, um, uh, let's see, that's Mark, let's go, I guess, uh, what is that number, J, Uh, hold on a second. Let's Jay, any thoughts on that?
3: This is Jason. Um, I think, uh, me personally, just my opinion, I think this will be a, for all intents and purposes will be a short fix, a, a, an efficient, but yet effective fix. Um, but I do think we will ultimately return to umpires behind the plate and, uh, you know, going back to you know baseball, able to get their lead off and and incorporate more of the game. Um, I would say for some of these uh, smaller ballparks that have smaller dugouts, that maybe the extension of the dugouts in the future that we're going to adopt. And I talked last week that's going to be my adoption for whatever park we play in until further notice. That we're going to run an extended dugout with three canopies. I think that may still be a, a option that we're going to use because some of these dugouts are are small for even any size division team. but uh, for all intents and purposes, I think it's going to be a short, economic, uh, or uh, efficient and effective fix, and we'll go back to playing normal ball because I think normal ball was was working that, for all true. intents and purposes.
1: True. Yeah, true. It, okay. If it's not
2: broke, Here. don't fix it. I, I, I agree,
1: <laughs> Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see. George, you got any thoughts on uh, you think anything is going to stay with us after the pandemic?
4: No, I sure don't. No, yeah. I don't think like Jay just said, everything probably go back the same.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, probably. As
3: old, old way.
1: Not really right. old
3: way, but you know. Yeah. For, uh, I hope this is the end of that, as soon as it can, you know. At least by August or September.
1: Right, right. Um, What about you, Mark? What do you think?
4: I just, honestly, I just hope that from this all, I mean, I hope all gets back to normal, but I hope that people can be a little cleaner. Yeah. I hope that everyone can take uh, some cleanliness out of this. Like, you know, mind yourselves when you're in the bathrooms. When you're in the dugout, don't leave the dugouts a mess. I mean, and every team doesn't do it, but there are the teams that just leave dugouts trashed, and and that makes it harder on the next team. And
1: yeah,
4: you know, and in the bathrooms. I mean, we, we're still dealing with little kids and elderly people, and they don't want to go in the bathrooms that are a mess, either. So, there's those things, right. I think we could stay cleaner from this thing. I think that would definitely help. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, Ron, what do you think?
2: I believe the same thing. I think once we get through this, that we go back to playing the ball the way we always have. Naturally, as Jason, I mean, I want to get the umpire back behind the plate and make things as normal as possible. As as stated previously, we may come out of it with some new ideals of how we do things, maybe formatting tournaments and things. But for the most part, yes, we'll go back to normal. Uh, I can't wait for that day. And, uh, you know, I do anticipate for sure, you know, baseball will go back to leading off and holding runners huh. and things of that nature, uh, fast pitch. Again, I'm, uh, other than the umpire, we're trying not to change anything related to the game itself. But yes, I do think we go back to normalcy and hopefully as Mark stated, maybe a habit is formed that we pick up after ourselves in the dugout and we wipe down and, uh, you know, kids learn to wash their hands more and more, and not just kids, all of us. Uh, I'd say we're all guilty of maybe not washing as much as we should. I, I through this, have got chapped hands because I wash too much. But uh, that wasn't the case before. But, you know, hopefully there are some things that come out of this that we continue to do that we learn that is better, and I think there will be. But for the most part, I'm in total agreement. I think we go back to our normal way of playing, and hopefully we get back to what we once thought was normal as far as our everyday lives because naturally we're not there right now.
1: Yeah, when I wonder about society and I wonder about uh, sports and and things that I do and and what we're doing here and everything is um, a lot of this stuff, Obviously, we, we had no idea this would happen. And I, and I wonder sometimes if we're going to say we were not very prepared for this. Clearly, we're not completely prepared for this, but maybe uh, improve our channel of, com- uh, of uh, communication, improve our ability to connect with people in emergencies. Maybe those type of things might uh, improve. I don't know. Uh, hopefully. but um, But anyway... Uh, we've got about, uh, looks like, what, about four minutes, five minutes left in the show. Let's, uh, Ron, you got anything, um, or Mark, I guess, we'll go to you. Got anything else there? And then we'll kind of go down the list. We'll end up with Ron. No,
4: I'm good. Thank you guys for
1: listening. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Looking forward to what's going on over that way, too. Sounds like it's uh, especially ex- branching out to Georgia and North Carolina, South Carolina, that's pretty exciting for sure. And West Virginia. So, um, Okay, let's go. So that's Mark. I'm going to go ahead and put you on hold here a second. So I think we have uh, George. Let's see. Where's George? Uh, said, yeah. George, you got any last words? Yes, one question. When the batter's up and get a hit, who's going to pick up the bat? Will they (laughs) going to have
2: to specialize somebody to do that? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wouldn't think so, George. I mean, again, uh, with the umpire, umpire's not going to be behind the plate, so he's not going to run out and throw it out of the way uh that's that's a right. good question but you know i i would say that's just going to be a part of the play and whoever's on deck's going to pick it up and you know we we're, we're not going into you've got to have your own equipment i know that's been uh suggested in some states i think most of these kids that they're they're going to if they're playing and their teammates they're going to be around one another they're going to be sharing things uh whether we have them sharing things or not on the field, you know they're they're going to be off the field in between games and they're going to be sharing things. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, that would be very difficult to monitor. Uh would it be advised for maybe a to have an additional coach, a team mom, another dad? There that uh, has a wipe, and after the the bat is used, to wipe it down before he hangs it back up in the dugout for the next batter to use. Those are things that I think uh, would have to be an individual team type thing. That you know w- would be a good suggestion. You know, wipe it off. Uh, in, in a different on a different note, we are planning on giving each team three balls, and the defense is is control of those balls. Pitcher, after we make the last out, pitcher carries that ball off, keeps it in her glove. That way their team is the one handling the ball. They don't handle the ball that the opposing team has. The opposing team has three balls. They bring the ball in to pitch to the team. It's going to be the same balls. We're going to provide the balls. But each team will have balls to play with. And if there's a foul ball, they would be required to go chase that foul ball and get it back into play. But okay. I, I think that limits some of this. But uh, as far as the bat goes, I, I think you know they need an, a coach or somebody like that to pick it up and possibly wipe it off. You know, it's not something okay. we you know we we can't you know I'm being a little facetious here, but we we can't call time out and say hold on, you can't run until we pick this bat up and wipe it off. You know, I, I don't know how you would control something like that. So you know that. No, I meant I, I didn't mean it
4: wipe it off, just
2: take it back to the dugout. I, I know, I know. Uh, that's what I said. I I am I'm, I'm being a little bit of a smarty britches there, but uh <laughs> you know, I, I just don't think that yeah, you can I, I, uh you too, Holly? monitor <laughs> it uh, <laughs> Yeah, I heard Holly she she yeah. she, she she knows and, and you know I'm being <laughs> mild here on the radio so we uh but we we uh you know things like that you you can't control each and everything on here. People have to understand, and and they they do know that there's going to be equipment touched that somebody else has touched. And, yes, you know, as I said, if if that's something that uh, a coach or a parent is concerned with, then add add another coach or a parent to the dugout to wipe the bat off after another child uses it. All right, that's
1: fine. Yeah, that, that I think that's. I mean, I, I do think that's a, a a valid question. I think because of of um, all of the stuff we're talking about, one of the things again, I want to make sure that's one of the things about the disclaimer. Clearly, as an organization, you have to be very conscious of, of being as proactive and protective of your athletes and parents and everybody as you can. But uh, we do know now, or with co- uh, CDC's statement doesn't even include uh, transmitting the disease from touching as much anymore right. it, it uh, if you look at the covid nineteen how it spreads it doesn't it just says mainly through respiratory droplets produces and affected uh, the uh it's basically through the air and uh the other thing is like for example, I have all my athletes when I do lessons. They have to, she has to uh, wash her hands before, wash her hands after, or disinfect them. They're always wearing batting gloves. And it's kind of interesting is, of course, I guess, technically speaking, it get, can get through the batting glove. But uh, it doesn't hardly spread at all on tourist things. It's got to be like hard. If it does spread, it's on hard surfaces. Right. So uh, batting gloves, they're going to have batting gloves on. They're going to have... Um, you know, the grips are going to be uh, porous materials and things like that. The odds, based on what I understand, again, we're not medical, and so I'm not saying that you don't take those precautions. But uh, but I do think it's a question to, at some point to answer, no doubt.
2: Holly, so, with you saying that, you, you brought me up on something that uh, has been discussed, uh, World Series trading pins which is a big deal down there and I thought, well maybe we shouldn't do it but I've got parents that are saying, Hey, you know, that's a big thing here. We really want to do that. So I asked for suggestions from, from some of these parents and they said, Well the kids could wear gloves and masks during during the trading and I said, Hey, that's a great idea. You know, if we if we can implement that we'll we'll still trade pins because that is a big deal. When you go to a World Series and you're you're a team out of Kentucky and you come home and you got a pen from somebody in South Carolina and Georgia. Those those are souvenirs and keepsakes. But I, I thought that we were going to have to go away from that, but that's what the suggestions have been is have the kids wear rubber gloves and masks during that time. And that is a way that we can continue to do some of the things of the world series that the kids look forward to doing. <clears throat> but, you you mentioning the batting glove that, that made me think of that. But
1: yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. I know
2: we need to wrap it up.
1: Yeah, it's really uh it is really interesting is um uh, all this stuff. And of course we still don't know everything about it. And so that's I think the problem. If we knew exactly how it spread and exactly all the risk, then it would make it a little bit easier. But um let's see. I think I got uh who am I missing? Um we got Mark's last words, we got uh George's. Um Jay. Who else is we have Jay. right here? Yeah. Jay. Uh, yeah, I think Jay Is you know, Jay Jason's or Jason? Still on?
3: Yeah. Jason. Yeah. Yeah, this is Jason. I'm still here. Uh, I'll make it brief that way. I know you guys are trying to keep it under an hour. Um, one last thing that has been the biggest challenge I know for myself as a coach and especially my parents and I'm sure directors um, that I've spoken with is, you know, it's, it's clearly scheduling because we don't know when Kentucky's going to open up there for right. us. Forced to go out of state, whether it's Indiana, Uh Ohio, Tennessee. So, as I've asked my parents, you know, I just put out, I'm I'm putting out dates, not so much locations, because those locations I think are so much subject to change. So I I've talked to Ron about this before, and I just ask that there, you know, a lot of uh, cooperation, because I may go ahead and forecast to enter a tournament out of state, but if Kentucky opens up, I've got to afford that reschedule to my parents to get more local so I'm all about committing whenever you enter a tournament you're committed you go to that tournament you don't jump you don't shop but we're not we're not jumping due to competition or lack thereof we are jumping due to the locality of play so if Kentucky does all of a sudden say yeah we're open I want the directors to understand that if Kentucky or I'll use myself if I back out it's not due for lack of commitment it's just to get my parents and my players closer to home. we well, uh, Jason, we're, we're
2: definitely we're definitely in a different time here. I mean, th- there's no question. Just as I, I mean, I I just witnessed, and not surprising, but I've got waiting lists over in Indiana right now, and it's because everybody in Kentucky ran to those tournaments. And I, I'm telling you, if if I could get two more parks, we'd fill them right now but it's for what you're saying. Everybody ran as quickly as possible trying to find something so they didn't get shut out, and they ran to Indiana, just as I'm sure they've run to Tennessee and other places. And we – I understand that, and I understand where you're at. And, you know, I do know that you're one that doesn't do that. Unfortunately, there are a handful of uh, coaches that double-book and wait to see who – who they're playing, and then they bail out on you. And those, those are very frustrating because, again, you know, I'm old school. I mean, I'm I'm 62 years old, and I, I was raised that uh, your word's as good as, you know, a handshake. You're, you're only as good as your word is, and a lot of that has gone away in today's time. But, you know, I'm not saying that. I, I know you're not that person, but a, a lot of these coaches anymore – and you know it. You you see it yourself on a weekly basis where they sign up for two or three tournaments and then they they bail out because they're dodging someone and it is frustrating, very much so on on my end when you have somebody that you think's in the tournament and it makes you you yourself and I'm saying me or any director it makes you look bad at times when you're you're telling someone well I've got five teams and then suddenly when you get closer. You find out two of those teams were signed up for a tournament across town, and they pull on you. Those kind of things are very frustrating. But I also understand where you're coming from. That and it's a different time. And and I know that if if you're able to stay at home, the majority of teams are going to do that. I can see that happening in in Indiana Fourth of July weekend. I've got something advertised, and if if I do open up Kentucky. Some of those teams are going to pull out because they want to go to Kentucky. I understand that.
3: Okay. Yeah. That's, so, uh, that's exactly yeah, what it was, ahead. but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys wrap it up and I appreciate it. And I'll, uh, I'll hang on to the rest of the show and see you guys next week.
1: Yep. Thank Jason, you for joining care, us. Everyone. Thank you. Yeah. Any real quick, anything real, uh, last words, Ron.
2: No, uh, again, just keep in touch. Uh, I, I apologize to the ones that uh, I have not gotten back to. Uh, again, always have prided myself on being one that answers the phone and returns emails and texts uh, promptly. And right now I, I have found myself in a situation that I'm behind and can't seem to catch up. I've I've had at least four four phone calls since we've been on this show that uh, I haven't taken. So I know I've got a number of voicemails here that I've got to return as, as I leave. But uh, do stay in contact, 502-541-0103 is my number. Look for us to try to open up July the 4th and 5th. I feel pretty confident that uh, Nicholasville we're going to play at and again, not a hundred percent sure what it's going to look like, but, uh, we're going to try to at least get games going that weekend. See how that goes. Take a step back in July 11th, uh, might look at it a little differently, but we intend to play. And I hope to be playing every weekend thereafter. But as I've stated many times before, we need cooperation from parents. Ollie, I appreciate you. I will be in touch. I appreciate everything you're doing and, uh, I appreciate this opportunity.
1: Yep, great. I appreciate you being on and everybody listening, and I, I, it really helps with the callers. I appreciate all of you all being and and giving your um, comments and updates and that sort of thing. So that's the show. And again, you can join us every Thursday at 12 o'clock Eastern on Gap to Gap Radio. You can find us a lot of places on Facebook. You can find on the website. That's National Fast Pitch Academy. Uh, Ron has a link to the show on his website at Future Stars of Sports, and you can find us on iTunes. Next, uh, this I have a show on Mondays, basically where I interview uh, people, individuals that um, uh, movers and shakers that I call, like on in softball. And I'm super excited. This next Monday, I'm going to have the Commissioner of the National Pro Fast Pitch League, uh, Sherry Kemp, is going to be my guest. She's going to be uh, uh, her history. She was an Olympic uh, gold medal winner in uh, uh, China. Uh, she's been a commissioner of uh, National Pro Fast Pitch League for uh, for years. And so she'll be our guest Monday. And then this show will be back again next Thursday. And we'll continue talking about getting back on the field and, and uh, how that works. And then looking forward to the time, we can talk about how it went that first tournament and uh, go from there. So, Again, join us each uh, Monday and Thursday at noon, Gap to Gap Radio. You all have a great and wonderful day and be safe and good night.
2: Thank you, Ollie.
1: Thank you. Have a good evening or good day. <laughs>